Don't let this summer pass you up. Power it up. In the five-hour energy, power up your summer sweepstakes. You could win one of five amazing experiences. Buy any five-hour energy product, including Cherry Extra Strength. Snap a picture of your receipt and send it in. Because it's about time you had the time of your life. Power up your summer with five-hour energy. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends July 15, 2019. Must be U.S. resident age 18 years or older to enter. For official rules, visit www.5hewin.com. Void where prohibited. Sponsored by Living Essentials, LLC. You're listening to Open for Discussion, where, man, y'all probably shouldn't have said that. It tends to happen. Let's start the show. 7.15 Welcome to Open for Discussion, where any and everything is on the table to be discussed. I'm your host, Albert. And as always, my brothers from another mother, they in here with me. I got my boy Cleek the Geek. What do you do? What do you do? I got my boy Brian, aka Diddy Row. Shalom. <laughs> it never fails, man. Never fails. And of course, my boy G Dub. Yo, yo. First of all, we want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to to come into your space and 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 enjoy us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why you stopping, bro? You just push the Oh man! All right, that was the intro. And the first topic of the show is. I want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is not even what I wrote down. So. We want to say thank you for giving us a try. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, opportunity was <laughs> Do, do, do. Thank you oh, for man. being a friend. Bump that, man. They ain't even giving none of that, man. Well, fellas, man, I, I just want to say I've been super excited about the sports of this year. And when I say this year, I mean going all the way back to 2017, as well as some of the entertainment that's been coming out with the new movies and things that have been coming, uh, that's been, you know, that's been, you know, really, I mean, I don't even know how to explain what's been happening in the movie world, especially with the Marvel Cine, Cinema Universe. What is, what is it? The MCU? MCU. MCU. Yeah, yeah, man. They are dominating when it comes to the books. But going back to my initial statement, being in Central Florida, you know, we experienced something that we haven't got a chance to experience. You know, I think all of us at, at one point in time are, you know, are UCF alumni. And um, so it was pretty. Yeah, 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 man. You know, I, I formerly played there. I know you guys went to school there. Um, oh, my gosh. Now, what, what, what year you play, man? Oh, hold on. I got to get back to you. Yeah, man, but definitely it's been an exciting year. You know, you got the NBA playoffs. Um, the NFL was great this year, you know, with Philadelphia just, I mean, coming out of nowhere and just dominating, man, especially with the Nick Foles story. You know, you got your 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 rookie star quarterback goes down, and then Nick Foles on his second stint comes in and takes him to a Super Bowl. You know, that's pretty amazing, man. And, you know, and, and like I said, right now we have the NBA playoffs. Got to get your, got to get your, let me, let me, let me get your choice. What's up? Who you going? Who you going whoa, with? Whoa, 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 that's, it's, 
That's right. We, so we can come back to this and find out right. if you change. See, okay, I'm going to let y'all answer first. I have a whole theory I have to break down. And it's not long. It sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, we don't want this guy. Well, we have a, a bitter person here uh, that, that you know, he, he supports certain teams that sometimes we forget they're in the league and, you know, the, the association, but... Whenever those teams inevitably get knocked out, he hates on the teams that are actually good. But go ahead, say what you got to say, my friend. I, I I don't know where you're going with this, but just go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, man. What you got? You know, three of the four people in this room have a team. All right, here we go. They actually <laughs> they actually stand by a team, even though they're they're trash, right? They stand by a team through thick and thin. Then there's another person, right? Who figures, you know what, when my team's losing, I'm just going to jump ship and go to another team. Who are you, you talking about, man? I, I don't know. Who, who, could, who could that be? I, I, what's, what's your team, Al? Uh, I'm Orlando Magic. <laughs> all right. You, you, got the, you got the Magic? Okay. Uh, I'm a Magic fan. Give all these talent away. Let's go Ola Depot. Hey, B, what, what, what about you? What, what's your team? Uh, for starters, I don't have a team. I, I don't own a franchise. I don't <laughs> pledge allegiance to a particular sports organization because they don't pledge allegiance to myself. But I, uh, you know, I, I support the local Orlando Magic. I support the local well, Orlando on, Magic. Get on board. Look, look at that. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No allegiance so, to a team. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. no you, you, you didn't hear what he said. He said, I support the local Orlando Magic is what he said. So, and just so everybody is clear on the record, you don't, you can look at Anything about me, you'll know I'm a Miami fan through and through. Every single sports organization, every single time for the past 32 <laughs> years. 32 years. Now, let's go. Hey, Cleet, what? who's your team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no. First off, oh, when you have to think about it, <laughs> and then you, you need to think about it with your mouth open. Hesitation. Wayne, ask the question again. All right, so uh, Cleeton doesn't have a team. Um, Al has a team. He supports, the, he supports the Magic. Brian has a team. He supports the Magic. I have a team. I support the Miami Heat. Uh, let me interject. I don't have a team. Again, I pledge no allegiance to a sports franchise. As they do not uh, support me, uh, they don't pledge allegiance to myself. And also, let me go on the record, I do not support the National Football League either over the injustice perpetrated on one Colin Kaepernick. So let's just be forthright with that. I don't want anybody to assume. Thank you. And All right. Great. So Brian supports the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Um, he doesn't have a team. He has a team, but he doesn't own a team. No, I, I don't have a team. Let's let's not change what I just <laughs> stated. I just for the context of this conversation, we root for specific teams, right? Correct. And yes. you've been rooting for the Orlando Magic for how long? Yeah, oh yeah, I've rooted for the Magic since as long as I could remember. How about you, Al? Um since their inception. Great. And I've been a Miami Heat fan for 30, not 32 years, because the Heat have been around for about two decades. So at least 20 plus years. So, Cleeton, how long have you been a, wait, wait what was your team again? Bro, <laughs> 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 <No>, you have, <laughs> you've had ample time to think about it. <laughs> you still got nothing. This, this is <laughs> the Warriors, man. Come oh, on. the Warriors are your team. How long have you been a Warriors fan? 
Bro, I've been at ways. How relevant is that, though? Does, does it matter? It does. You know, why are you asking me that, man? That all that matters is that's my team, all right? Can you answer the question? All right, all right. See, I got to use some backstory. See, I've been a 49ers fan since 92. I've been in the Bay we just, since 92. We so, just, we by just changed default, sports. I've been the Golden State fan okay. since okay. 92. Hey, uh-huh. Cleeton, can you do me a favor? Can you name three players on the roster for the San Francisco 49ers? Three players. Everyone knows I don't really follow football like that. Okay. That was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just said you've been a fan of the 49ers. Right. Since your whole 92. From a distance. 92. From a distance. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> oh, man. I am so glad Ooh. that finally someone, everyone is, is allowing, uh, is being open to hearing these, 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 uh, these comments because it's, it's, it's asinine to me. That Cleeton Watch Gums mind, does not have a sports team, but he just changes. Who the needs kids. a sports team? Right. That's but, whack. And, okay, and, what rule? Even you traditionalist. What rule even says same, that you need a team? I agree even, with Cleet. What rule That's says? A very valid what rule point. says you need a team to be a fan? Very even, valid I'm point. a LeBron James fan. Okay, but you're a Golden State fan. Wait a second, I'm confused. Can we get can we very clear confused the air? right now? Can we clear the air, please? You, LeBron James does not play for the Golden State Warriors yet, right? No, no he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Not, it's not a yet. He's not going yeah. over there. Yeah, Great. but you're a Golden State fan. So how does that work? Present him with the same question you just asked him. I'm not a. I'm not a team. So you Golden State is not your team. So you're saying you just lied a couple minutes ago? Is that right? Okay. Why are we talking about this? What do we start with? How, where are we going with this topic, man? Huh? I'll ask about sports. Wayne asked you, what team do you support? You got to be able to answer the tough questions, man. Get a man what he want. <laughs> I need to feel here, and here we go. Horrible. Let's the, just move on. The, the fifth is clear. <laughs> that too is much. All right. So too much going on right now. So, so predictions is what you asked for. Predictions uh, is what you. Asked. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's where we were heading. Why? Okay. So um, first of all, predictions. All right. So east and west first. So starting with east. All right. So here's my. Um, I'm gonna try to sum it up really quick. LeBron James is trying to control the narrative. I think I really believe that he he um, coerced with Kyrie Irving to get him over to Boston <laughs> so that he can set up this situation to leave Cleveland. He knew that if he left Cleveland again, it would ruin his legacy that he's trying to build now. So he's he's been arranging a whole situation all season to get get it to a point where he's playing his heart out and. Cleveland doesn't move forward. Now he has a clear clear way out of the door saying, listen, I've been your savior, Cleveland, and I can't do any more for you, so I need to go somewhere else to do it. So I think that because of this narrative, because of this narrative that he's trying to control, he's going to lose to either one Toronto or Philly or Boston. It's going to be one of those three that's going to take him out. Then that will set him up to get traded or you know, to sign, should I say, um, with – Either the Spurs or Philly or one of those. But that's another topic. So what's my predictions for the East? I think it's going to be Toronto or Philly. Ah, actually, woo. That was my prediction until yesterday. (laughs) Boston is something special. I watched that entire game. There's something special. So I don't even know about Philly right now because Boston, I mean, we got to see how they go and they play in Philly. But 
Um, my predictions was Philly or, or Toronto out of the East. And, of course, Houston looked like they were going to do something. But Golden State is just back to their, to their just dominant selves. So, obviously, I can't, I can't bet against those guys. So, they're coming out the West again. So, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, LeBron doesn't want to tarnish his legacy. So, I don't think he's going to go to the finals again to lose. So, he's trying to get out of there, trying to get in a better situation. I don't think he can draw people to want to live in Cleveland and play with them. So, that, his situation is he's going to try to go somewhere else again and try to create another super team. That's my thoughts. All right, though. Golden State coming out the West. And the road to the Eastern Finals Championship runs through Cleveland. So, Cleveland, Golden State. All right. Um, Every other team is playing for second place. All right, let's just be clear. Golden State Warriors are the best team in basketball and have been for the past four to five years, despite the fact that they they, they lost to uh, (laughs) Are you talking about the Heat that way? You know, it's funny. Sorry. (laughs) But he's a Heat fan, right? So conveniently in love with Golden State. I have admiration for Golden State, but I am a Miami Heat fan. Right, you make your own rules. No, I I do not make my own rules. I never claim to be a Golden State fan. You just just are. (laughs) I claim to be a Miami (laughs) Heat fan. Again. Okay. All right. This guy roots for Steph Curry more than he roots for the Heat. Ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. (laughs) But I'm the one. The theory of LeBron James controlling a narrative comes from a person who's now trying to control the narrative. So you can see where that theory comes from. So um, moving on from, from that. In the East, I am sticking with my original pick. I said that if the heat, the, the, if, <laughs> <laughs> I stated clearly, woo, <laughs> clearly and on the record, if Philadelphia beat Miami, then I was taking Philadelphia to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I am sticking by that. Philadelphia, Golden State, Golden State in five. All right, all right. I got, I got Cleveland coming out the East. Um, Cleek, that's your narrative. We're gonna let you stick with that narrative. I simply see a, a man on a mission. He, the he dude, definitely I mean, won. The dude that's been balling out of control from round one, round two. I don't know what it is about uh, Cleveland and Toronto, but oh my gosh, you know they it's they, mental man. It's mental. Yeah, it, it has to be. So I, I have Cleveland coming out of the East. I have Golden State coming out of the West. Right now, I would say I would say Golden State would win, but I would have them winning in six. What? Against, against this Cleveland against this Cleveland team? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. If if you got if, <laughs> if, if if this Cleveland and that Kevin Love that scored 31 points shows up, there's not many teams that can play with them. Except for the team that can score at four people on their squad can score thirty points. Clay Thompson is not going to score. I said this two Clay years Thompson, in a row. Clay Thompson, that's leading all scorers right now in the game that they're playing right now, and who's led them in the first round in scoring too. Yeah, that and Clay every, Thompson and that Clay Thompson that every single year disappears in the playoffs. He he's playing in the playoffs right now. He's not. He's playing good right now, he, but he's going to disappear. Not at all, man. Not, not. We're talking about the Clay Thompson who on, on their on their back on the back of Clay Thompson they beat oh, the good. the OKC the the Oklahoma City Thunder because this dude went off 
in the fourth quarter. That Clay Thompson that doesn't show up in the playoffs. I understand. That's a lot of passion, man. This kind of sounds like your team. <laughs> Who He's I got man? a point. You got a point, Clay. <laughs> yeah, sounds man. like it's a just fan. Observation. Just an observation. Very passionate. I, I stated that I am an admirer, an admirer. Right, admirer. of right. the Golden State right. Warriors. Cool, cool. So sure. I can admonish yeah. my the person yeah. that I and so the end of the, the team in which I'm love that team. <laughs> I, I do, I do, but they're not, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to bandwagon. <laughs> I'm not going to bandwagon jump and say that this is my team. My team is unequivocally the Miami Heat. If, if any so you're like are, one of them dudes that just got the chick. You do everything with a chick or you never claim her. But that's your chick. Everybody knows that's, <laughs> that's your chick. That's your girl. That's your girl, bro. But nah, man, no, man. We, no, no, no. uh, we just talk. We just mess around. That, that would be considered a side chick in this analogy because my main would be the Miami Heat. But you okay. do acknowledge that there's a relationship. There is an, an admiration. Okay, I never, I didn't say anything otherwise. <laughs> but you just said side chick. Okay. You don't admire a side chick. You, you, <laughs> your chick. You, you laid claim. You laid possession to, to her. My goodness. But I'm the last one. At least I, I admit no. that I don't have a team that I, I, I like. I follow. He, he, did, he didn't Clee, admit that. He what team signed you to a contract? <laughs> Not now. Uh, thank you. Not, 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 thank according, you not, not according to Cleeton Gums. And I have written documentation that, that, that has Oh, yeah. We, we, that, we, we have seen. That uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers has signed him to a contract. And his contract well, expires at the end of this year. <laughs> in which he can decide to go to whatever team he so desires. So, again. Is Cleet is a fan. <laughs> he is a fan free agent. Boy. Every year. No, for every game. Free agent okay. All year long. Every game is, is game by game, dog. Free agent. Wait, Frank said day contract. That's freedom. Who wants to stay on a losing bandwagon? Right, it's a choice. Right. Who chooses to be a loser? I'll be- <laughs> I guess Man. the three of us have chosen to be losers here. No, okay. I support him. I'm not a fan. I, I'll support him. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Be free. That is I hilarious. Did a few man. contracts. Well, uh, my bad. A few contracts in the same year. God, in the same man. year with different I teams. Have a clause. I always have a clause. I tell y'all about the clause every time. That is true. That is true, man. With all with all of that being said, man, I know y'all y'all boys have been movie crazy, man. So you know what I mean. Like what what's been standing out to you? What you know, kind so of far? question is that? Hey man, there, we don't need to talk about any other yeah, movies. No, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Brian, did you see it yet? Please tell me, Marlani made you go see it. What's that? Infinity War. <clears throat> now I never go see movies opening weekend, so you know I'll always see it week two, week three. You seen any other Avengers though? Oh yeah, no, Avengers is a great, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a great it's movie a series, man. Yeah, I love, yeah, love the Avengers. Man, what y'all it, think of it, man? What you think of? Well, we can't talk War? about it because this man hasn't seen it, bro. I'm, I'm not. No, I said I could care less. Oh. I don't want you to go into details. I mean, I thought it, man. It well, was... no, I, there's one detail we have to go into, right? One detail that I've been talking about for for the past week or so, and that's in the beginning of the movie when we realized Thanos was a bad dude oh. when he put them hands to Hulk. Oh, this boy put them hands straight just. Just made Hulk just this boy just Hulk a little boy had scenes in the rest of the movie and he didn't even want to do them. They had to cut him out. He was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hulk didn't want nothing. Y'all know, y'all know that person that get beat up and doesn't want to come to school the next day. That's, Yo, that's exactly who yeah. Hulk was in this movie. No, nah, but it, it was amazing, man. I mean, um, he instantly became just in the first opening scene the the baddest villain of the MCU, um, and it's just because. He was so, I mean, he was so good at what, being a villain that he, 
at some parts you actually had compassion for him. Like you kind of understood what he wanted, even in even though it was evil in a sense. It was what's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily evil, but it was like it had disregard for lives. You know what I mean? The his overall mission had disregard for innocent lives. His drive for it like made you have compassion for him, and he just. He just has so much poise with the way that he dominated everybody. Like, you're talking about the Avengers. You're talking about these people who have, like, you know, their their terror for everybody else. And he just, like, just brushed over them like they were nobody, mm-hmm. dude. Just a beast. Just a beast, man. It was, it was awesome. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, staying on the entertainment section, you definitely got to talk about, well, y'all boy. I never really was uh, made a supporter. I've never bought any of his products. You know, I love his music. Hey, but of course, boy, you know what I'm talking about. Mr. Kanye. Yeah, that, yeah, that ain't and my boy. I mean... His statement of slavery was a choice. That dude. And then he was like, there was another thing for 400 years. Sound like a choice to me. It's like, it's just the arrogance of... Or, or let me let me back up off arrogance, but it's the separation of time that you're so far removed from it that you're insensitive to it. Right. You're so far removed from it that you you then jump, get into arrogance, and you know you're insensitive, you're insensitive to everybody who's fought and died and you know went through all this stuff just so you could be in front of that mic. You know, for you to say that was just so, it was so irresponsible. And it was just, you know, it just, it shows you how far off this guy is, man. You know, from college dropout, I was a fan of college dropout. And, you know, you know, it was a pivotal point in his life where he lost his mom. And you could just see the the spiraling down. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear something crazy, right? Because, of course, I'm going to have the left field thought process on things. Mm -hmm. Y'all remember I don't, I don't know if you saw it yet, but Black Panther, right? It was a movie. There was a line in the movie that said, to give me death. Because it, like my ancestors, they knew that death was better than bondage. Right? Mm-hmm. So, we, like, we as a people, as a culture, threw that statement through the roof. It was like, oh my God, that was so powerful. Absolutely, yes, 100%. Kanye comes in and says slavery slavery was a choice and that ties in to what the line was from Black Panther because it was death or it was bondage it was slavery right that's a, that by definition is a choice for people who who came over here on the boats who came what about people who were born into it well he didn't i don't think Kanye got specific to say well, and, and, but and that's, that's where the insensitivity comes into play. And, and, and don't get me wrong. So this is where I think Kanye, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a Kanye fan. I think Kanye is crazy. And I think I think he's less crazy because I think this is all just a marketing point for his album that's coming out in June. Because the more people that's talking about Kanye in the news, the more people are going to want to hear go listen music, to his music. Right? Right. So I don't think that this is by accident by any chance. But some of the things that he was saying have some merit to it, not truth, said merit. So it's a fact that that can be ambiguous because the people that did come over here who were born into slavery, at some point, uh, they and I went and did some, some research on Nat Turner, right? Who led the, the slave, one of the uh, slave rebellions, right? And it's that thought process that 
we can overpower them as opposed to staying in this same vein of and that again by definition by the very definition of what he is saying is a choice now did we decide inherently when we were in africa i'm gonna come over on this slave ship and work for free no were we systematically oppressed so that we could not think for ourselves yes absolutely but at the same time within that within that frame there is a moral compass that each person possesses and you know wrong from right and you know something that feels good and something that doesn't feel good and you you, you decide to stay it's just like a person who's in a domestic abuse situation right so when someone's being domestically abused what do we tell them to do leave you're in mm-hmm. a toxic relationship but for whatever reason that person stays and we say you made a dumb choice why are you being stupid but that person is being demonstrably demonstratively possessed in that or oppressed in that in that scenario which prevents them with having the will to leave now can they make the choice yes but they need the will to follow through with that choice so is it by definition was it a choice i believe it was however it is difficult to make it is difficult to put that choice on a group of people one person 50 people a uh, hundred thousand people to make that choice when you've been thought you've been you've been taught that you do not have one to begin with first off <clears throat> I respect your opinion just like I respect Kanye's. I try never to devalue someone's voice. I think we as a people we embrace. Uh, I just look at our look at the national Negro anthem. Look at the the lyrics of it. Lift every voice. Mm-hmm. So we value uh, voices. So you know I definitely won't assail Kanye's character because um, I think that's one thing that societally we rush and do. You know we're, we're quick to call someone you know a, a name and you know quick to try and, and discredit someone when they speak. Uh, something that we disagree with. Um, I, f- I vehemently disagree with Kanye. I vehemently disagree that the notion that slavery was a choice. To say that you have a choice of whether to remain in slavery or to commit suicide. Is that a choice? By, defini- uh, by definition. By very definition, not not inherently, not morally, no, not let, let, no. Let's to even say that gives credence to the fact that we had a choice in being in that situation. So don't tell me I have a choice in being a slave or not when I never asked to be in that situation. I was brought there forcefully. So don't put me in a situation that says be a slave or die. So leave me on my native sand. Do not tell me I have a choice to either remain enslaved or commit suicide. That's not a choice. And to justify Kanye saying that is just as wrong as him saying it. You cannot justify putting someone in that position. Don't ask if I make and this is graphic. So, you know, you might have to turn your ears. If, you know, you take a a, a kid and you go put them in a room full of grown men and say, you're going to sleep with him or him. You choose. It's not a choice. That's forced. That's egregious. And at no point can you justify saying that's a choice. Not a choice. No, no way. No way. No justification, definition. And that's the thing. We like to think so so abstractly like yeah. this is an exact. No, it's not. Look at the circumstances. Look at it in its totality. Man, we didn't even live in that era to, 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 to really encompass what slavery was day to day. But one thing about us as a people, we had an eternal hope. What wouldn't allow those to commit suicide? We had a hope that it wouldn't be like this always. That was the faith that we had. 
to, to commit suicide and say, well, I don't want to be in bondage because I don't want to live like this. Many did. Many people jumped off those ships. Yeah. Many people did. And that's and, and that doesn't mean that they had any less hope than others. Unfortunately, they just did not want to be put in this situation to have to choose between slavery or death. It's no choice. It's not a choice. It was irresponsible of Kanye to say that. I would have, you know, loved to hear more context, even though no matter what context he gave wouldn't have justified that statement. But again, you know, I would have loved to hear context because I heard that same analogy. And in that respect, it's true. You know, everybody, oh, yeah, it's better. You know, I'd rather, you know, you know, go ahead and throw me in the ocean because it's better for me to die than to be in bondage. That's a good statement. But put in that situation, right. there was a reason that we remained enslaved. That was not a choice that we made, period. Right. You know, period. You look at injustice right now in 2018. Why hasn't there been an insurrection? Is it by choice? Because the consequences are death. Insurrect against the American government if you want to. Mm-hmm. And tell me it's a choice. Man, get so out. I have a, so I have a question. In, in that light, our definition of of our independence coming here seceding from uh from england right when the persecution and the and the the penalty was death in in the in the same vein is that did we not choose to be an independent country oh we came to america out of free will we no, came okay. to and when i say we i, I would say the europeans They're who European, came right. from great britain they came here as a choice they were seeking religious freedoms and britain actually sent a lot of uh criminals they sent exiles look y'all can't be here y'all got criminal go to america so let's not think that only you know we were only seeking this great uh abyss of opportunity no they, they were sending people they didn't want in britain anymore no y'all go to america we don't want you here but still there was a choice that the many had, look, we're going to seek uh, uh, new resources. We're going to seek better economic opportunity. You know, we are leaving by choice. We can stay in England, clearly, and we can go. But even going there, we have freedom. It's going to a free situation. And and the, the I was on, I honestly only bringing that up because of the, the insurrection statement that you made. Why hasn't mm. there been an insurrection? Because there is a, everyone, we, in this life, we, you can go and try to find yourself a piece of land somewhere, somewhere, to call it free, right? To say, I'm going to, I mean, look at Eric Snowden, right? He, he chose to revolt against the American government, and he got to go live wherever he wants to live, right? That, that is inherently his decision to be able to do that. So, I am not insensitive to believe that we were we decided to come here because we were in Africa mind our own business. They wanted a free slave. They wanted a free trade where labor force labor force where they didn't have to pay for anything. So it was like let's take these people who are uncivilized, they don't know no better, and we'll take them and make our labor force like you mentioned uncivilized before. Uncivilized by their standards, correct? Right. Okay. Uh, this uh, this group of people who are not civilized by by their standards. Uh, and bring them over because we need people to work for us, right? The the trip over, people decided, I don't want to do that. I don't, that's not something that I want to do. And it is, it is a, we have a phrase for it. We say it's be, when you're between a rock and a hard place, right? There is no choice. There is no option uh, other than, like, I'm stuck, Right, so that's what that, that that's where you are. It's, it's the very definition of being 
in between something that I, how did I, how did I get here and how do I get out? Right? So you have a decision to make on how you get out. Many, many, many slaves, uh, Harriet Tubman, you know, everybody knows the quote, uh, I freed a thousand people, could have freed a thousand more if they would have known they were slaves. So the people that are born into this situation were, and this goes back to my original point, were systematically oppressed because they didn't, they didn't even understand where they were. So if we're talking about groups of people and he's talking about slavery, we're talking about two groups of people. We're talking about the people who initially came over. We're talking about the people who were born. Some of the people who were born here didn't even realize the situation that were, they were in was in, in, a, in an oppressed situation. And those people, those people who don't know that there's not another option do not have, they don't have anything to compare it to. But anyone has who has anything to compare it to, whether that be death or whether that be to continue to do what I am doing right now with the eternal hope that this will get better, again, by definition, is a choice. Now, is it there? It, this is not a fair choice. This is not a choice that you bestowed upon yourself. You were put in a scenario and any person put in any uncomfortable scenario, even the little boy that you mentioned, that's not a fair choice. To, it's not fair to him, but he, if the person gave him one or two, by the very definition of the word, and it's the only thing I'm saying, I don't agree what Kanye was saying. I don't agree with the comment because I think the context was completely off. That at one point, all of us were just going to come together and rebel. No, I think that you there are so many other factors. Even the rebellion that this dude, uh, that Nat Turner did, he experienced a ridiculous death because of it. Him and all the people who participated with it. So it's not as if there was this a huge advantage to to rebelling and and to st- to standing up to one to to the point that one may say no that's not a choice for me that's not an option because I don't want to die being hung and being flayed in front of in front of however many people so the the notion then goes okay well what do you decide to do do I decide to die or do I decide to live that's the very basis of choice to say that blacks had a choice absolves whites from any responsibility in slavery. They have all the responsibility. No, no, no. Because no, blacks, you had a choice. You didn't have to be slaves. You could have yeah. died. You could have died. We, we didn't. We, you didn't have to be a slave. Because he's essentially saying all y'all should have jumped in the boat. I mean, you, you, you didn't have to be a water. slave. All you could have died. Look, we just came. You know, we took you from your lands. You didn't have to come. No. And then when you got here, you didn't have to be a slave. You could have at any moment committed suicide. Or, or revolted is what he was also kind of insinuating. It was like, oh, y'all could have got together. And do y'all, do y'all realize the amount? The, I mean, the... I mean, the viciousness that they retaliated with slaves who tried to rebel. Exactly. Yeah. We're, still, we're still we're still dealing with it in 2018. This is why this is why the comment is so. No, that's not a choice, it, man. That, that comment was destructive, and like I said, anybody that sides with it in any respect, it's wrong. Because anytime you make an inflammatory comment like that without context, that is so, 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 so very irresponsible. And, you know, it's, it's unacceptable. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Period. You, you, I, I can't justify it. Yeah, man. Well, I actually want to get you guys raw emotions and, and answers <laughs> about. <laughs> I was like, where are you going to? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, 
we're going to go ahead and strike out <laughs> just the 35 minute mark of this yeah, recording. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> boy. How do we just start this over? <laughs> no, we just keep talking. We can cut it off. Go ahead. Oh, man. Go ahead, get him raw, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I said I actually want to get you guys raw emotional feel of when you saw the situation happen at Starbucks, you know, what was your immediate reaction to that? And I just want y'all to go around the table and kind of focus on that situation and just tell me what what were your immediate feelings when you saw it, Um, especially living in 2018, as we've been discussing about, you know, the pat the previous situations, you know, with slavery, you know, with the rebellion, or you know, you know, being in bondage and all of those things, you know, what what was your first reaction when you saw it? Um, so I talked about this in one of our previous episodes about um, people people being in the situation we're in in this country because of selfishness. Um, and I think the first reaction was like, I was just really proud, uh, to see a older white male, um, cons- genuinely concerned about the well-beings of, of these black males, these black dudes. Um, and then you hear the woman in the background just as concerned. So initially, before I had all the information, I was just like, wow, man, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's not going right, but that's an example of like people caring about other people, not seeing color and really just wanting, you know, um, equality, just fairness, man. Like, why are you messing with these two? So that was my first initial impression. And I and I, I, I was just like, it, it gave me, I already I always have hope because my hope is in, in Christ, but it, it gave me, you know, insight that there's people that are making strides to, to not be, you know, caught up in all of the stuff that media wants you to be caught up in, so. Cool, man. Uh, when I saw it initially, I just wasn't surprised. Like, um, I was I was more so surprised at the some of the responses of people's indignation, like this was something new. Like, mm. can't believe they weren't doing anything and they got arrested. This has been happening. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's kind of it was it was very revealing to see that some people were unaware that this was still happening. Right. Um, so that, that is for you think that is on purpose that they that they have blocked that reality out of their life. Or do you think it's ignorance? Oh uh, no, I, oh, I man, I, I think it's it's on a lot of levels. I, I think you certainly can uh, segment what happens in society, and I think that's because uh, there's a scapegoat mentality that we always look for as of in, t- in today's current climate, which is perpetuated by our president. People of black and brown, they're the reason for the ills in society, according to our current president. So when you see, you know, when the people, a lot of people who even support him, see that, okay, wait a minute, these guys weren't doing anything, and they were. You know, arrested. Maybe all black people aren't bad. You know, so you know, I think yeah, I, I think that's a part of it. But you know, unfortunately, I wasn't surprised. And again, some of the reactions uh, that people were truly—they were genuine. Like, yo, I can't believe this is really happening. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I was like, I ain't surprised. <laughs> right, this, is, so, this is normal. Yeah, yeah. What you got, Dub? As usual, I'm on the. Opposite side, I was, 
aghast um, at the situation. That it I took was. the cops that long to get there. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it. There you go. We knew it. Um, <laughs> That's funny. It, uh, that this was happening to these dudes. And the initial thought was, am I missing something? Like, I have to be missing something. There was something that had to take place. There's that, a reason why this is going on. Right. Because the, the, in the context of the video, because it is a short video, we are in the, the spin age and fake news gets, you know, uh-huh. tweeted out oh, real, real right. quick. It, it could be. So I, I, I just I sat and I just watched the video for about maybe like five times in a row, just trying to listen to all the comments and, and stuff that was going on. And then trying to get context and just I, I, I had to reserve um, my my initial feelings. But when I first heard it, I was I was like I was shocked because, you know, Cleet and I go to Starbucks, not frequently, but every now and again, we'll go and we'll work at Starbucks. And just to imagine going into Starbucks at 435 and then the cops are called at 437. I mean, you didn't even have a chance right. to do anything wrong. Don't get me wrong. It, you could have done something wrong, but you didn't even get the opportunity. You could have been in there with malintent, but you didn't even get the opportunity to follow through on your malintentions. Um, so that was uh, extremely, extremely uh, bothersome to me. And the reason why is not that it's because it's 2018. I think that there is uh, the, the same amount of racism, prejudice, oppression happens now than I mean it happens now than did you know 50 years ago right it's the same amount it's being filmed like Will Smith had a statement he was like racism isn't getting worse it's getting filmed like mm. we would have never heard about mm. this thing without social media that happened in it just Pennsylvania it would have been a local story right but now we see it and and now even the even the um white people are starting to see it because of the because of social media and it's like, whoa! And especially the dude that was coming to meet with them was a white dude. So he's like, dude that I'm coming to meet with, I know they didn't do nothing. They just got oh, that's, here. Oh, they were trying to meet with that guy. That was that talking? dude that was talking? Uh, I think he was. He was a, a real estate investor. A real estate. That's what it was. So oh. and he was about to sign this big old real estate deal, and he's like, what are you talking about? I know these guys. We come in here to do a business deal because Starbucks encourages this whole thing. So. Uh, but to answer the initial question, now I was I was very wow. very um, surprised, even more so. Now I haven't done all the research in the story. I I truly, truly in my heart believe that there is some issue with, and this is just my personal belief. There's an issue with the manager that the manager was involved in something that made him think because they're in Philadelphia, right? It's not like you, there's a, there's a shortage of black people right. around. Right, so it's not like you're not used to seeing black people. Even and these dudes didn't look any. They man, we got yeah, dudes in South Florida that look way more hood than these yeah, cats. They didn't look these are college grads, you know what I mean? Yeah. So even if you had these internal prejudices and you were you were fearful, you would give them an opportunity to do something that makes you like an interaction of some sort. But they came in and off jump. No, you can't go to the bathroom. It's for paying customers only. And then you call nine one one. So. That leads me to believe that there's something more that the manager or whoever made the phone call thought that they were, and this is just my, my thought process, complete assumption 100%, is that 
that that they reckon they looked like someone that they were afraid of or they gotten into something and thought that these two were representatives or, you know, coming to see them, so to speak. Now, I understand that's a far jump, but people do have lead crazy lives. But I think to me, that is a shorter jump than just thinking two minutes, two minutes, two minutes to call 911. Do, to, to think that your life is in danger after a two-minute interaction in a public place. Yeah. That, that to me, is, is... Don't get me wrong. Is there prejudice? Is there racism? Can I size someone up? Can someone size me up by the color of my skin and think that I am a deplorable individual because of what I look like? But for, for them, for you to call 911 is a fear for your life. And for you to think that within two minutes is an assessment of a fearful, a fearful life situation with... No weapons involved. Then they ask you to use the bathroom again. It's a, or it could be looked at as a privilege. For to, to call to be in the restaurant. No, to call nine one one and know you're going to get favorable results. It's knowing that <laughs> perfect scenario. Here's some black guys are causing trouble. I know that I'm going to get a certain response from the police department to get them out of there. Right. It's a privilege you have as a person of that race. And so the person just, the person that works at Starbucks never sees a black person ever. It's the first time that he did this or this was done from that store. Is that right? Yeah. That's some of the story. This wasn't the first time that um, the police were, were called for people in the store, black people in the store. That particular okay. location. From the same person. I don't know if it's the same person. I don't know that much. It doesn't have to be the same person. It's a, it's a culture. It's an environment. Uh, there, this is equitable to pre-desegregation. Blacks walked in a, a store in the South. You get the cops called on you. You see that sign right there? It says whites only. They didn't have to justify you. They didn't have to feel threatened. You can come in there, you can come in there with a suit on, you know, wearing a, a buck nine. You know, with your daughter, it didn't matter. You weren't supposed to be there. And that's what this is indicative of. You're not welcome here. You're not supposed to be here. And for that reason, here you go. I'm calling the cops. And I think it's even, it's expanded beyond blacks too. I think anyone that represents this culture of the hip hop culture, they get that same experience. Because I could go down, I could go find a story right now of Hispanics is probably felt the same situation because of you know it's the hoodie, it's the Jays, it's the whole getup. You represent a culture that we saw on TV. We only seen this image of this gangster rap, and we still think that's what you're about. So as soon as you walk in, why are you in Starbucks? Wait, what do you want here? Mm-hmm. You know, you come in, you ask to use the bathroom right away. Oh, look at you, you're up to no good. So just overall prejudice. It's prejudice, right? What about you, Bert? I was extremely disappointed. Um, Just that it was happening, or like aware. Where is your disappointment I, I was, at? I was disappointed that it that it happened. Yeah. It, it wasn't about where it happened. Yeah. It wasn't about how it happened. I was more disappointed of why it happened. Yeah. And I think overall, I think the entire situation was handled, you know, wrong. I feel like. Once the cops were called, which I completely disagree with that in the forefront, but once the cops were called, I feel like there was an obligation for the cops to treat those men with respect, regardless of what they thought the situation was. They committed no crime. 
Everyone was inside of the building saying that, hey, these guys have done nothing. I've seen cops break up fights at clubs and tell those guys to go home. Mm -hmm. So they could have pulled those men outside, talked to them, and said, be on your way. They did. Yeah. And they, that they, is they, asked, they asked them to leave because of this order had come. They were like, listen, call the cops on you. Yeah. Not saying that you did anything wrong, but we're asking you to leave. They, they said no. Yeah, they did ask them that. And, and no, that, I, I understand that point. And, and that's when they have to, at that point, after you're being they asked to leave, they, you. they have to remove you. I mean, that's just the, the letter of the law. Not, and I mean, you want that for, for anybody. Right. And I'm not but saying that. It's a that private they, business, yeah. So right. Right. To ask you but to once mm-hmm. you remove them from the store, no, you have. Once they said they weren't going to leave, they're trespassing and they have to be arrested. Okay. So that yeah. is that. It it wasn't a favorable situation for for the men, and I'm not saying they made they, the wrong decision. They made the decision they felt right. Like, look, we didn't do nothing. We're gonna stay here. Right. And by doing that, the cops had to. They had to arrest them, and yeah. and, and it, it's that's the that's the law, and it, it should be that way. And they can't arrest you and well, then let you out like outside. They got to take you yeah, to the station. Let me just interject. A cop has discretion in when they arrest somebody. Absolutely. Yes, somebody can come up here, you know, you can, some, then somebody can go to a house, shoot the whole house up, and he did it. Cop can say, okay, well, we're going to investigate a little bit further because we don't know he did it. They can take him into custody as a suspect, but then they, at the same time, they have the discretion to say, well, I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. They, they do have discretion. They didn't have to. That's what my point is. They did not is, have to. Uh, with that, because like I said, I've been in clubs back in the days in college, and cops have come in. You know, and broke up a fight and taking a guy out in handcuffs, put him in the back of the car, talk to that guy and let him go and say, listen, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you to go in, uh, you know, go into jail for just being dumb. You know, they talk to the guy, let the guy go. And, you know, everything was good from that point. So, Mm -hmm. like you said, they have the discretion to arrest who they want. Yeah, I think I I think in this regard, like, cause I saw I saw some of the interviews from the, the police side of it, and that they always get a bad rap. So you know, obviously there was some black police officer involved in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the scenario: so you have someone you ask them to leave, they don't want to leave. Um, now you know you got to get them to to walk out the building. Right. So as a police officer to de-escalate it, you got to put them in handcuffs because if you just try to say, "Hey, man, come on, I'm going to make you walk out." Now, you know, they're not detained. You know, anything can escalate at any second. So at that point, protocol, you got to you gotta put them in cuffs just to get them out of the building. Now, as far as what happened, I don't know the rest. I don't know if they ever got to the station. I don't know what happened, but um, I they do. Got, they got arrested, and then once they got there, Starbucks decided not to press charges, yeah. and then they were released. Um, so they were actually in yeah. sitting yeah. in the they cell. Had, they had to go. I mean, once they take you to the police department, they got to process you because yeah. these, these yeah. people are saying they called three times or they asked the dudes three times to leave. They said no three times. So at that point, you are trespassing, which is breaking the law. Just crazy, they man. Arrest you. You could be issued a citation now. Okay, and I'm not to interject, but I, I get you guys' point. The cops were justified legally. For arresting, right? Yeah, so yeah. you know, but so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just, just had to get that. And, and the only reason why I believe any of this stuff is because the uh, chief of police in Philadelphia or this district, he's a black dude, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not like a, you know, 
just looking at his stuff and, and reading about his reputation, he's very aware of uh, racial bias, but he also has to protect the letter of the law in order to continue to make change the way he wants to make change. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do something like this is like, look, I have to support my officer. We're not talking about, you know, shooting somebody in the back here. It's a completely different uh, a different uh, atmosphere and, and, and different decision to make. And I know it's tough, Um I, I honestly was hoping for a very large settlement between uh, the dudes and uh, Starbucks, which hasn't come out yet. They settled with the city of Philadelphia for a dollar and $200,000 commitment to youth programs. Right. But they have not settled with Starbucks, which I'm excited to see. Well, the number's not going to be disclosed, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see. The, the, the CEO of Starbucks had already said he's going to personally mentor uh, these dudes. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a great start. How much... <laughs> Are you coming with with the, the mentorship? Well, right, right. but anyways. Well, moving on from there, I need y'all to take a moment. I'll, I'll explain my situation first. So during that time, I need y'all to kind of think about something that happened in your life. And basically, uh, what I'm what I'm saying is is that I need you to think about a situation in your life where you encountered a form of prejudice, racism. Or, you know, bigotry, whatever, you know, whatever word that fits your situation. And how did it affect you, whether good or bad? So I'll tell you my situation, which was actually kind of weird. I remember I was driving home uh, from UCF. I was going home. uh, I I was living at the time. um, I wasn't living there, but I was going to see my mom in uh, Palm Bay. So I'm going down um, Colonial, headed towards uh, Bithlow, right before you get to uh-uh. uh, 520. Mm-mm. And this was when it was a single lane. Mm. This is when it was a, a two-way, a two, a two-lane mm. highway. I, you know, they built it up big time now. But I get to, you know, I, I'm I'm driving down and I see this car come up behind me full speed, and it, you know, it's a. I, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. It's a it's a Ford Ranger. And it had big mud tires on it. So it came up behind me. And I'm driving like a, I think I'm driving an Oldsmobile 88. So I'm, I'm not I'm not moving fast at all. But I'm in the right lane. So I'm like, okay. So, the, you know, the, the car comes up on me. Uh, bright lights flash. And so I get over to the left lane. So I'm like, well, you know, this person is in a hurry. So they're trying to go. So they switch over right behind me. And just, you know, they're getting close. They're getting close. So I brake check them. And they, uh, so I move back over to the right lane. And lo and behold, they jump right back in the right lane behind me. So we finally get to the last, basically the last stoplight before you get on 520 at the time. And the guy swerves up and like he drives up on the, you know, almost on the, on the grass, on the sidewalk. And he's just screaming, you know, I need y'all to, you know, cover your ears because I'm going to say something that may be offensive to someone. But he, he gets out of his truck. Well, he doesn't get out of his truck. He rolls his window down, and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. You know, hey, nigger, get out of the car, nigger. Follow me to Biflo. I'll beat your A, nigger. And so I'm, I'm just sitting there, and to be honest with you, I just start laughing because I'm like, this cannot be happening right now. This is, I, I mean, I've done nothing. I'm driving uh, in, in an 88 and I'm doing like 45. So I'm like, did I cut this guy off? Did I, did I, did I, you know, did I do something wrong? But 
what I realized is that was just pure hate for my color because he never talked to me. I never, I never shook his hand. We never made eye contact. He just saw that the my skin tone was a different skin tone than his, and he instantly was angry that I was even on the street. And that that goes into the mindset of you know, you know, uh, of of what we previously spoke about with Martin Luther King, and you know, trying to get the, you know uh, all of this, all of the previous you know leaders that have you know fought for desegregation, and you know all of these things, and so it made me realize that being a black man in America. I don't want to say it this way, but it made me feel like my skin tone will never be okay with the masses in America. And it's not because I've, I've done something wrong. It's not because I've treated people wrong. It's simply because my skin tone was black. And that was the reason that that situation happened. Now, did it make me look at, you know, white people in a different way? Absolutely not. Because, you know, I grew up in a very diverse area. You know, when I was younger, I lived in mostly black areas, you know, low income, you know, high poverty. Um, but as I as I moved up to, uh, you know, junior high and high school, you know, we moved to an area. It was very diverse. And so I got to see the good side of America, you know, where people that have a different skin tone from you, they, you know, I mean, they, they brought you in as family. You know, I had... You know, I had um, friends that would sleep over, you know, and, and they were a different color than me. So it didn't change me in that way to where I started looking at people differently. But it did make me take a step back and realize that what I grew up with is not reality. It can be reality, mm-hmm. but it's not reality. And that's my situation. Okay, well, I'll go next. Um, I mean, I, I have quite a few to choose from. I don't think any of us here have a shortage of of uh, instances. Uh, the one particularly that stands out is I was in seventh grade, and there was a, um, a particular young lady. She was uh, she was white, and we we had several classes together. We always just kind of had a contentious relationship. For some reason, I think in her heart she really liked me. I probably liked her too. Um, so you know, when you're that age, instead of just you know hooking up, you know, dating or whatever, we just kind of had some contentions. Right. So uh, we were walking back from lunch one day, and my my one of my best friends was standing with me. She was ahead of us, you know, a couple you know a couple feet ahead, maybe eight nine feet. Uh, he was the problem, you know, like like the problem maker. So he had some gum. He took his gum out, threw it at her. Boom. Gum got in the hair. And I don't know if things have changed, but back then, you know, it wasn't any getting it out. You no, know, she had to cut her hair, you know, eventually, of course, you know, the next day. But she kind of reached in the back of her head as she felt the gum hit. And she went, <gasps> and she turned around and she looked me right in the eyes. And, you know, immediately, of course, she went and told the teachers, I get sent to the principal's office, I get suspended. I didn't, quote unquote, rat out my buddy. Because at that moment, I had, uh, it was like a real awakening. I was like, y'all didn't even ask me if I did it. <laughs> they never asked me if yeah. I did it. They it believed her word 
and I got suspended from school. Now, when I got home, I told my parents I didn't do it, but I was actually able to explain it. I said, I didn't do it. I said, Spray did it. Well, my boy, like he did it. He was like, <laughs> why didn't you tell? Because, you know, I thought I'm going to get a woman. Like, why didn't you tell them? I said, they never even asked. They never <laughs> even asked. So at that moment, it, it just kind of showed me some, you know, the, the perception that is, is kind of is, is levied on situations that, you know, a black male in America could potentially be in, specifically when it deals uh, with a, a white and more specifically a white female. Mm. So, cool, seventh man. grade. Cool. I've got two stories. Oh, I, like, so I think I've told this one already, but. Oh, um, when you spoke at the Republican National Convention, <laughs> I remember. Uh, the, um, <laughs> I won't give the, the, con- the conventional one that I normally give. I'll give this one. I had a, uh, a girl that I liked in in tenth grade, uh, she was a white girl. Uh, had I had black girls all up until then. And I didn't delve into. Um, Some of your best friends were black. <laughs> <laughs> I have black friends. <laughs> uh, I have lots of black friends. <laughs> Name them. So I um, <laughs> asked for her number, got her number, and then she told me, like, to only call her at at a certain time. So I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. I'm a, you know, my dad raised me to be respectful. If, if, you know, you tell me to call you at a certain time, I'll call you at a certain time. But one day, for whatever reason, uh, I called her outside of the time that she was supposed to answer the phone. And her mom answered the phone. And then her mom, um, I asked, you know, I said, you know, hello, Mrs. Such and Such. I'd like to speak with whatever this girl's name was. Um, my name is Wayne. And she says, hold on. She says, the girl's name that is on the phone. I was like, did she, did she just call me? And I'm like, this girl, it was a Jewish girl. Um, Wait, I didn't get it. So what happened? She said, she called the girl's name. Let's say the girl's name is Mary. She's like, Mary, that N-word is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That is so disrespectful. <laughs> Whoa, bro! That's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey, man. I'm like, god. I'm like, oh man! Lord of mercy! And I'm like, and then she gets on the phone, and you know the girl's crying, and she was like, "Listen, I'm so sorry. I just got in a fight with my mom about you, and because I told her that you're black, and she they blew up. So I literally called." Right after a heated argument oh, <laughs> about me, um, oh and gosh, you know it was it was interesting. So so look, get this right. So from that point on, I had a specific stigma around all white people. She was they were Jewish, right? I didn't, you know I didn't expect that. People, yeah. So in in uh, sophomore year, I was driving back from Miami, and I the car next to me. Uh, this blue pickup truck like started coming over in my lane on I-95. There's two lanes, right? Mm-hmm. He starts coming over my lane. Next thing you know, I'm in the shoulder, right? So to try to recover off the shoulder, I turn, but I turn too hard to get back in. And now I'm spinning on I-95. Next thing you know, I am horizontal in the vertical I-95, and I am looking this way, and a, a white 
Dodge Ram 1500 is blazing right at me. I think it's going to like just knock me. I'm 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 done at that point. So something in me said, "Thank God for the Holy Spirit." Put your foot on the accelerator. Absolutely. <laughs> I press the accelerator and I drive off the road. He veers off. He doesn't hit me. Craziest thing. So I turn to look because um, he's like now in the median and he's just like. You know, they're getting their selves to get on the car. And I look on the back of the Dodge Ram. And y'all know people put emblems and stuff on the back yeah. of their pickup oh, truck. It's a Confederate flag. And I'm just like. <sighs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm on 995 somewhere between, you know, uh, that, that flea market that's on uh, I-95 as you're going down south. I don't even know oh, what the name of it is. Around yeah, Melbourne, around there. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm just like. <laughs> Lord, what is going to come of this? And these people come, and they're running towards me. I'm like, whoa, I'm going, I got nobody with me. I, don't, I mean, at the, I think I had a phone, but the phone was like on the floor or something. And he gets, he gets to me. He was like, oh, my God. He was like, are you okay? Are you? And then his wife comes over. He's like, baby, are you all right? Oh, my, I can't stand the bleep, 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 that bleep, bleep. I'm going to chase him down and go bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm going to get my shotgun that's in my car right now and go shoot. And I'm like. Yeah, that, no, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. They were like, great, listen, we're going to sit here with you. We'll call an ambulance and we'll make, make sure you're okay. And that, like, blew my mind. Like, because from that 10th grade call up until this point, I'm thinking, you got you to gotta better. Like, you're, right. I'm going to end up, you know, around the corner somewhere. But these people are some of the nicest people, which is why I have some of my stigmas like I do today, because... A lot of our belief system is shaped by our experiences, right? So that experience taught me a lot. I had this, I was prejudiced against them, and they broke the stereotype in front of me. Now, I'm not saying that's true for everybody, right? Right? Because there's certain people that, if they would have found me there, you know, I would have been, <laughs> that <laughs> went, went out. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that just showed me, and those are just, you know, you know uh, conflicting stories just on on either end kind of goes back to Cleet's comment earlier about how happy he was to see a, a white guy defending those black dudes in Starbucks it's like not every there is a group right there is a group but that group isn't everyone but that one group is loud yeah. and that they are ostentatious and they are you know sitting in high seats uh in in, in our in our uh, current democratic system so I can understand but those are my Two stories. What's your NRA number? What's your member number? <laughs> I was about to say. That's when we start when you joined the party. Uh, yeah. I'm a Knew registered it. independent. <laughs> no, man. Um, Democrat I, slave I'm people. i with you fellas. I, I don't. I mean, I've been a part. Like, I've been in a group where we were profiled. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Followed around the store. Yeah. You know, or we got pulled over because we supposedly... Uh, they were looking for the color of our car, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, fit the description. Yeah, but oh, that that phrase right there, boy. Yep. Fit the description, yeah. So, but directly to um, towards me, I don't, I don't, I can't say definitively that I've experienced it like that. That's cool, man. You ain't gotta have one. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. that's good. That yeah. means you 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 haven't had the experience. You know that. You know, dramatic I mean, I, I've, type I've been, of situation. So, like, so to like make sure I correct, I say this correctly. I've experienced it, but I've been like, let's say, okay, it's a group of us at a table, right? And they look at the whole group, of, but not, not to me specifically. You haven't had a solo right. experience, right? Right. 
That's so. good. Good work, man. You know, and it's really, it's really, it's really tough when you go through it, man. But you just, you know, what I mean, just keep living. Yeah. You know, you can't really focus on it because just like dub situation, man, you really can't create a, a, a blanket stereotype for everyone because everyone is not the same. No way. No way. So my, my next question is for you guys, man. You know, not in a spiritual way, you know, not any, you know, not any Powerball numbers or anything like that. If you had the opportunity to go back and tell your teenage self graduating high school mm. and give yourself some advice, what do you think you would say to yourself, knowing what you know now? Never take out a student loan. Yeah. That's wow. That's the first thing I thought of, dude. I was like, go to the Air Force, dude. I was <laughs> I had to pass the test. I was ready to go. I think um I mean, but some parts of me is like, you know, not parts of me, all of me is like you know, obviously, I wouldn't redo it because then I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't be living the lifestyle I'm living now. However, um, if it was just like I didn't know that was down the line, whatever, just making wise decision, yeah, I would have went and set myself up for for um, you know jumping in the Air Force and and getting and using that opportunity. And like Brian said, just not taking out loans. Like you just get yourself in in situations. At the time, it sounds so good, and it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. you it's tell great. yourself everything. Oh yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And you know, when you you're feeling the effects of it, you're like, dang, I, you know, I would I would do that differently. So it's funny because I'm always the opposite. I would tell myself to make sure you still take out student loans that you take out, but don't spend it on the stuff that you spent it on. Because what I would do, I and this is me going back right now. Take $10,000 and put it in a CD and don't touch it till you graduate. Because by the time that CD is finished, you, because I, I worked through all the way through college, so I could have paid the $10 a month or $15 a month that it would have cost an in interest. And I already did the research on this, so I thought about this question quite extensively at some point in my college career. I would have took the money, because what do, you, what, do, what do investors do? They don't invest their own money all the time. They build businesses based on someone else's money. And even my mom at one point was telling me in high school, she was like, listen, get out a student loan and pay off your credit card because that debt is cheaper than your credit card debt. Mm. So I'm like, Ugh. so I did that a few times. If I had a te- I would I would maximize the system of student loans. I would still get my education, but I would have found a way to make sure that when I was done, every single thing that I took out was paid for already and I had a surplus. Because I didn't come into college with, my mom didn't give me a savings to go into college with, right. and I would have wanted to go to college still, uh, even now. And I know if I tried to convince myself not to go to college and go do some type of trade school, I would have laughed in my face because I, I needed to get out of Fort Lauderdale as soon as possible. You know what I'm saying? So um, I would have still looked, go take that first check that you get and that you went to the mall and you spent $8,500 at the mall, take that and just, inv- and I, this real life story, take that and invest it. And just let it sit there. Don't touch it. You can go spend whatever you want to spend with the rest. Because that ten that ten thousand dollars sitting in the CD, I think it would have been worth around sixty to seventy grand by the time I was in. Uh, by the time I would have graduated, um, I saw this. I had this one chart that I was looking at. I can give exact numbers next time, but it yeah, I need been. that chart. I didn't know CDs would yield that great of a return. Um, but so you're you're saying that your investment would have yielded 
a greater return than your debt that you incurred, if you even incurred any as a result of going to the university. Correct. I would have came out. I would have came out positive after right. I graduated. Because by that time, I, I, I mean, I wish you would ask me what I would have did to my ninth grade self. In my ninth grade self, I would have had myself applying for scholarships every single day. I had a close friend who applied for scholarships every day, starting from junior year on. Did not pay a dime for college, not one penny. And I was lazy, and I wanted to chill with my friends during uh, during high school. So it was or during lunch while he was applying for scholarships. But my once I got past that point, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to school now. No, go ahead and take out this loan, invest it. And make your money back. And I'm going to find that thing, that, that chart, and I'll send it to you. So if that was his process, would he not have benefited from just bypassing the 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 thought process of not having to go in debt as opposed to making an investment, going in debt, and just coming out positive? I don't know if oh, that no, was... It wasn't the same person. So the dude who applied for scholarships, he didn't have any... He didn't do anything with the 10000 Some The person that did the 10000 somebody different. Cool. Well, what I would tell myself is it's a little different for me because I was on full scholarship. Oh, um, yes. But what I would say to, to myself is the day I graduated, I should have started a business. Mm. Because, High school? No, no. Well, said, when I graduated uh, college. So you're asking us what we... What we said to our well, I'm just saying, uh, just saying, oh, gotcha. you know, when you when you're fresh out of well, fresh out of high school or you know whatever. Um, yeah, bro, you told us high school. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I got off, I got off my own subject. <laughs> I'll make it, it happen. Said man. the right thing. Yeah, I want to make sure I was listening. <laughs> no, but like I said, the, the, it was it's different for me because I, I um with the full scholarship and I wasn't able to work. You know, it, it's I mean the. Oh, that's another topic, Doc. No, it's so stringent, and the, the all of the tangibles that come along with the with the scholarship. When you're on an athletic scholarship, you can't work more than you know a thousand. I think it's you can't work or you can't make more than a thousand dollars a year. So um, they cap you on what you can make. Oh yeah, yeah. they they cap you mm-hmm. on everything because then it exceeds you know what you're what you're allowed to get. But that makes so much money. Yeah, God. but it was yeah. funny that you know the first topic, uh, well the first comment. That Brian said was don't incur student loans. You know, don't you know get student loans, uh, which brings us to our topic of the day that I wanted to throw around with you guys, and that's basically college universities versus trade school, where it's you know where it's uh, a trade or even an AA degree, where you're not going to incur so much debt and. Right now, as of, you know, as of the class of the graduates of 2017, the average amount of debt that a student comes out with is $39,400. And that's before you've gotten a job. That's before you've purchased a home. That's before you've, you know, got you a new car. In most cases, it's before you've gotten married. You've already started life, basically $40,000 in the hole. Versus going to a trade school that's high in demand right now, you know, where um, there's a few jobs that I'm going to uh, run through with you guys, you know, uh, a little bit later in this segment. And uh, I just want y'all, because it was, it's kind of mind blowing to see the median 
salary of some of these jobs that you didn't have to go in debt, you know, uh, to to acquire. So, you know, basically what I'm saying is, you know, how do you, how do you guys feel about it? What's your thought process on, you know, because all of us have younger kids right now that eventually we're going to get to that state where they're going to come to us and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this uh, or I would like to do that. And we, as the men of the house, we have to be able to give them, you know, a conscious answer and and not base it off of what we experienced. Right. You know what I mean? So you know, throw that around. What y'all what y'all thoughts on that? Hit a Republican first. <laughs> Come on, Republican dub. I'm not a Republican, so I can't uh I can't answer the question. What you got, Cleek? Dub doesn't want to answer. I mean so so let's let's um. So you so let me make because you I thought you were about to say something after you after you you said you was gonna throw out a few options so you're gonna wait for us to say what we think and then yeah 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 I want y'all to you know just give your thoughts on it you know the difference between college and yeah, yeah. trade schools which one do you think is actually better you know for a lack of you know lack of terms which one do you think is actually better and more beneficial so my thoughts on it is. Unless you're in some of the top schools in the country, you kind of get this standard education that, you know, that doesn't really help you in the workforce. You, you, you get book knowledge. Um, and, and I didn't want to say only Ivy League schools because I think there are some other schools that aren't Ivy League that have programs and, and, and internships and scenarios where you can get that real-world world experience. Um, I think... I mean, for me, there's no real answer to this question. There's only the scenario of the individual. So I think, you know, just going to get a trade isn't always the thing. Um, and once again, just going to college and getting a degree, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Right. Um, I think the focus on college is mainly to go work for someone else. It's not, a, it's not entrepreneurially driven. I don't even know if that's a word, but I made it. Hey, it sounds good. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's not driven, it's not designed for entrepreneurs. So it's designed to train you up, learn your skill set so that you could go work for a larger corporation or work for somebody else, some other entity. Um, a trade, in a sense, does the same thing, and it makes you skill-focused on one particular area. I think we're kind of we kind of have a pseudo world we're in now with technology, where there's um, it's been so for the last ten years there's a rise in information. Um, I actually work for an information company where um, there's there's individuals who did the work of learning the skill set and they're training you. They're not a college, not a trade school. They're individuals who ha- using technology to train you on a skill set that can very quickly make you money that rivals any of those other industries. So I think that's kind of what, what I'm interested in. I think, and, and they're over the last 10 to 15 years, they've been organizing where now they're, they're they have certifications and for, Mm -hmm. you know, certification for marketing certification for, um, Google this and, you know, so, um, I'm saying all that to say, 
traditionally how we approach this thing about college, we're in, we're in a different day and age. You don't need to do that to be successful. That's for sure. So um, there was a little period where it was like, okay, I don't need to go to college to be successful. Let me just be, let me go be an le- electrician or something like that and just have like a, a nice stable thing. But even those jobs, they aren't as stable as they were anymore. And, you know, it's, it's not... Um, it's not guaranteed, you know, like it was for our parents. So, like I said, you kind of you it's a, you weigh it on the individual um, situation, and I think being focused on those talents that that the kid has, right? Focusing on the talents that they have and looking at re- what resources are best. Is it better to go to college to get to like, for instance, like if you want to be a doctor or lawyer, you still got to go through that traditional route. Oh, yeah. You got to go. You know what I mean? Lawyer. Yeah, but if there's, you know, there's other areas you need, you want to get into, you don't need to go to college for that. And it's about, like you said, as a, as a parent, as a leader in your home, is about getting them that information so they can make a sound decision. Yeah, it's a, um, <clears throat> it's less, of, it's less about the institution and more about the skill, right? So where whatever skill. A person develops. So you, I mean, college or trade school is to hone and develop a skill or a talent or a set of talents in order to matriculate into the workforce. Uh, so in order to make sure that your child is set up for success, like Cleet says, you got to look at what they're good at, uh, fi- try to help identify things. One of the main issues with college and why it costs so much is because kids find you know, spend the first two to three years trying to find themselves, mm-hmm. right? And that's just a bunch of wasted time and wasted money. I mean, it's great that you got the opportunity yeah, to go and right. discover what you like, but why not expose them to that when they're 14, 15, and 16 as opposed to waiting to 18, 19, and 20, and now you're $45,000 in debt and you're three, yeah. right? So, uh, and Cleet mentioned, so some of those other institutions are actually designed to find what you're good at early and then you go down that track. You don't go to Harvard saying, what am I going to major in? You know exactly what you're going to major in when the time that you get there and you go down that track. So, and trade school can limit you to that one trade. And if there's not a market for that trade that's going to be there in the next 5 to 10 to 15 years, you need to end up going back to school to learn something different anyway. So I think what it's uh, really about uh, is for the parents to identify what the child is good at and find out how this can matriculate into a workforce that is building or, and and I mean, when I say workforce, I mean, what is the industry, what is the industry going to be like? Because you don't have to work for someone. You can build your own business, but you need to build your business for a climate that's going to be there. The people who used to make rotary phones are no longer in business unless they change and start making cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure, we need to make sure as parents to look, identify what is this, what does the industry say this is going to be? in a few years, making sure you learn this, that skill. I listened to a message by a, a pastor named Bishop Ben a few years ago, and he was telling us that he was in, during the, the crash of the economic market, he, his, pastor, his church was in Detroit. So he started telling all his people to go to school and learning how to be nurses, going to the medical field because that's getting ready to boom. The people that listened profited. The people that didn't lost their jobs and they were out of it. They were unemployed for months and months and months. So it's just really about, like I said, understanding what the times are telling you and finding what that is early before you have to spend a ton of money on these on these uh, different opportunities that you have. Yeah, going on similar threads, I think you know we're all in agreement to uh, the 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 end that it's not an either or. I think both institutions have value, 
uh, I personally think that the system, the fundamental way where in which we envision education, specifically higher education, needs to be overhauled. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an advocate of apprenticeship and internship programs prior to investing in a college education. Um, I heard uh, Mark Cuban, he, he's also an advocate of going back to how education once was. You did an apprenticeship with a law firm. You did an apprenticeship with an electrician. If in the event you showed a proclivity, you showed uh, a desire to continue in that track, then for those tracks that required further education, you went and pursued your education at that time, mm-hmm. not going to college to try to figure out what you want to yeah. do, right. amassing a huge amount of debt, which in a lot of times uh, almost forces you in to continue in that track because of the uh, obligatory. So exactly. I've invested so much. I can't just now all of a sudden go and do something else. Yeah. I got to graduate. I got to get a job. These, this debt that I have is collecting interest. So the, the system in itself has to be overhauled. We really need to re, reimagine and rethink uh, the, educational, um, uh, the educational track starting in junior high and at latest senior high. Again, going back to an apprenticeship program as parents, uh, it's important that we try and identify um, the best route that we believe that our kids should take. Uh, I look at you know my siblings and I, all of us went to college. Um, but I know one, a lot of historically people who were sent to vocational schools and it originally, it was disproportionately, they were African-Americans, um, because it was at that time deemed that higher education was not suited for African-Americans. Then as, you know, as time transpired, vocational programs were typically for people with disciplinary issues. People who couldn't, you know, function, quote unquote, in a, in a class environment. They had discipline. Hey, go let them learn a trade. So then it was restricted for people, you know, like I said, who had disciplinary issues. So they were, you know, they, they were herded there. Um, and again, that was an error because looking at my own siblings, you know, my, my oldest brother who, you know, he was the, 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 the quote unquote, the bad child. Uh, he ended up getting his doctorate degree. So had he been a product of a, a vocational system, it wouldn't have allowed him to take that track. And of all my siblings, he's the most, uh, he, he's, he has the most intellect naturally. Like stuff came easiest to him. My oldest sister, she had the greatest work ethic. Um, so, you know, we each could identify, um, you know, kind of, you know, what skills, traits, you know, uh, how our learning styles were. But again, put in the wrong situation. And I'm just using him as a case example. He would have been put in a vocational program when he had the highest intellect of us all. So, um, you know, again, so we have to look at the educational system as a whole. Um, I believe there is huge value in vocational programs. I believe that there is huge benefit in the higher uh, academia scene as well. Unfortunately, higher academia has become big businesses for banks, which is why universities continue to get larger and larger, which is why our university base now is at its highest that it's been. Um, It's a big business. Lending is a big business. Um, and again, un- institutions aren't attempting to curtail that. They are not enacting measures to make this affordable for all, yeah. which is, you know, it, it's unfortunate. But to come out of school and I, I look at my, my, my current job assignment, you don't need a college degree to do what I'm doing. It's required, but you don't need it. Yeah. Period. And, you know, and I, I look, OK, what did I learn in school that actually helped me do this specific job effectively? Maybe. Not it, it re- really, it really nothing. Now, there are things that um, higher academia 
gives me a certain advantage of. And one of them, you know, like a, a tech writing class that I had to take. It allowed me to be able to formulate how to write something technically to make it easy to read. But that was specifically the design of the class called tech writing. This is how you write something technical. It was specifically geared at instruction manuals, um, uh, how to, you know, how to process, uh, you know, certain uh, uh, procedural, you know, you know, so procedural writings. So that helps me in that capacity. But again, that doesn't help me in this job specifically. Right. You don't have to take that class to be successful in my current assignment. So. Um, again, you know, it's got to be reimagined. I, I think both have value. I, what I love most about the educational platform is it exposed me to a, a different train of thought. It exposed me to think critically, uh, to think in a way that I would not have had I not gone there. And I think that's one of its purposes. So they both have value. But again, you know, it's got to be reimagined. Cool, man. Quickly, I want to um, just run through this, man, just to kind of see if you guys can can guess. Now, mind you, all of these jobs that I'm about to run through this list real quick, none of them require a four-year degree. The majority of them only require um, secondary, which is, you know, a, vac- a vocational school or an apprenticeship. So uh, the first one, man, what, what do you think uh, an elevator repairer or installer makes a year. This is the median. This is the median, which means that after they put all the scores together, the the, the income together, this is what the majority of them are making. I say sixty thousand. Yeah, I was about to say sixty, sixty-four. Ninety-four. Seventy-seven thousand dollars. Okay. A radiation therapist. Radiation? So it's trade school? Yeah, I guess it would be because you don't have to go through that. Dealing with radiation. Mm-hmm. Gotta be at least 60, 70. Okay. I'm gonna say 55. 66. Close. Close enough, man. You're getting the A geological petroleum technician. That name sounds amazing. Petroleum is Yeah, they just getting gas out the ground. Now, this one requires an associate, typically requires an associate degree. So basically, a two year. 50, 60. Gas is big business. I'm going to go around 80, 85. And these people are on the road all the time, so they have to compensate for the fact that they have to do that. So I'm going to go with Brian, uh, probably between 85, 95. Y'all are really high. It's actually 61. <laughs> okay. Now, the two tech tech brothers, y'all should be, uh, y'all should be on point with this. Uh, this doesn't require, uh, it doesn't really re- require you a degree. Um, Web developer. <laughs> well, it depends. It, it, like it's we're too, just going with the median. But yeah, it's too arbitrary. I mean, what web developer? Just like straight out coding. It could be. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Man. Low, but I, I'll go with fifty-two. I'll 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 start at seventy-five. Man, I applied for a coding job at starting at sixty-five, but we had to have a four-year degree. This one is fifty-seven six sixty-two. This is like an average web developer. <laughs> 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 you got somebody that just like went to coding class on the weekend. Uh, a respiratory therapist. That's a two-year degree. I got family members who are respiratory therapists. Mm-hmm. Associate's degree. What do respiratory therapists do? Is that just like, I know it's breathing, but like they help you get back. 
Basically, uh, I think they, why would I say they, you know, help you, help kids with asthma? Uh, do they diagnose that kind of stuff? No, nah, they don't really diagnose. Yeah, they, they perform can. treatments. Right. You know, they do assessments specifically geared toward uh, patients with respiratory issues. So they okay. have that specialty. Um, I, think, I think that has to be pretty expensive because if you get that wrong, people die, right? I'd say 45. Okay. 65? I said 60, 70. 51. 51. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not horrible. And uh, the last one I'm going to say is uh, an electrician. And this doesn't require anything. We got people in the hood that do electrical work all the time. Yeah, 50. Yeah. Uh, common electrician, 55, 60. Yeah, 45. 50,000, man. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. So... Looking at it overall is, you know, like you were saying before, you got to kind of weigh it, it. Each situation is different because, you know, I mean, a lot of us would have been super excited, you know, to jump out into a sixty, seventy thousand dollar job. Yeah. With you know, with the debt that that was incurred in in college, where these people they they have no debt. And they're jumping right out into these jobs making $77,000, $68,000 a year. And then the, the biggest thing that, that, that I see from it is that you have the opportunity. I think trade school or vocational schools, they develop more entrepreneurs because you find yourself in these, in these businesses and then you find yourself saying, hey, I could do this for myself. And not saying that they're going to be as successful, but I'd like to see that stat. Only because I think that people go into trade school, you like the ones you just named, you know, respiratory therapists, uh, the the petroleum one. These are those aren't jobs that people build no, businesses. No, no, on. Well, like a plumber, you need more an like electrician, plumber, electrician, right? right. But even you know, electricians, you your, your like, hair salons, you're going to have electricians who are who are going to go and work for Dell Air. You know what I'm saying? Before they go in and they start that's their HVAC. No, Delaware does. Okay, well, yeah, maybe that. And they do security, but like, yeah. So the the people they'll be you know proficient in those electricity skills. Um, um, but they that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna start doing that. Right. I just right. I just want to see the comparison between the two because I think entrepreneurs are just a different breed of people. Whether they went to college or whether they didn't go to college, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with what Cleet said earlier. College didn't prepare me to be an entrepreneur. That wasn't their objective. I didn't, you know, they didn't say the focus is on building you as an entrepreneur. We're going to equip me. They, their job. objective exactly was to equip me that when I finish, I can go work for somebody because I have a necessary skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, entrepreneurship, I don't think it's, it's discriminate. Yeah. Very true, man. The Very true. Well, fellas, come to the end again, man. I want to say thank you. Another great show. Another one in the books. So from me, who is out, my boy Cleet the Geek, my boy Brian, a.k.a. Diddy Roll. Man, stop saying my government name on there. I'm going to fade this too. And my boy G-Dub, man. We out.
Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled earlier, remain a balance due. Unlimited basic after six thirty twenty. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. Data deoperatization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. <laughs> 